Lord, I want to thank you for today, and I want to thank you for this cooler weather that's coming in and for the beautiful sunshine that we have this morning. I want to thank you for this chance for us to gather together and to be safe and to worship you with our hearts and our, with our minds and our bodies, Lord, and just, Lord, to help us to keep our, our hearts in the right place and our minds on you and to help us to open our hearts to what Pastor Kenny has to say today. Help us keep us consumed and captivated by you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our speaker this morning, a lot of you probably know him and his sense of humor. He is Mr. Kenny Sahaki, and he's going to bring us our message this morning. Thank you. Can everybody hear me now? There we go. It is good to be back here. Uh, I think this is where I preached my first Sunday message, what was it, seven, eight years ago? And hopefully y'all have actually been able to work through that and you're not still in therapy for it. Um, It is good to be back here. Like I said, this is the first place we had a youth position, what was it, seven, eight years ago? It's been a while. Like I said, the first time I preached Sunday morning message up here, so definitely cool to be back here. Uh, First question I got, anybody like to read? Oh yeah, all right. I feel sorry for you people. I hate reading. (laughs) I really cannot stand reading too much. But they say reading keeps your brain active and healthy, and to be honest, I need all the help I can get, according to Kelly. Thank you. Well, you did, kind of. But... Your reading keeps your mind healthy, it keeps it active, it helps you to learn. So even though I don't really like reading, I admit that I know I have to, to continue to learn and continue to grow closer to God and continue to just better myself. I recently read a book called Multiply by Francis Chan. Anybody ever read that book? All right, one of you. So there's a paragraph in it that's really cool. I really encourage you to read the whole book. The book is awesome. But there's a paragraph in it, and I believe it's on the back of your bulletin, but I'm also going to put it up here. It says, the goal of the church is redemption and to grow in every way into the likeness of Christ. But the church will never reach this goal until each part is working properly. This doesn't mean we will all function in exactly the same way, but it does mean that we will all have a responsibility It also means, where did I lose my place? It also means that if you are not active in the church, you are hurting your brothers and sisters. One paralyzed leg forces the rest of the body to work twice as hard to make up for that leg's inactivity. God made you exactly who you are, and His Spirit has empowered you with unique spiritual abilities or gifts. That's a pretty cool paragraph, isn't it? Yep, I really like that. That tells a whole lot of good truth in that right there. He didn't just create you. You know, he gave you unique spirits, unique spiritual gifts. He gave you unique abilities. Everybody has different stuff. Nobody just is exactly alike, right? Thank goodness. We don't need more than one Reuben, do we? But (laughs) Reuben rocks. He didn't just create you. He gave you these unique abilities, unique gifts to use. And I'm going to skip ahead a little bit before I come back to the main sentences here I want to talk about. 
But uh, some of you may know, may not know, back in, I believe it was the end of November of 2018, my dad had a major stroke. And we didn't even know if he was going to make it or not. And actually, he didn't. He died on the table three times, and the, the doctor brought him back. But he didn't make it, and he's in a nursing home, Ridgecrest, Ridge I can't talk today, Ridgecrest over behind Johnny's Pizza. He did make it, but he has blood clots up in the back of his neck somewhere that they can't do anything about. So the left side of his brain, or the right side of his brain is completely dead, which means the left side of his body can't move whatsoever. So he's in a nursing home for the rest of his life. But uh, I've noticed since he can't do anything with his left side, his right side has to take over a lot. Uh, he just he can't move it at all. Things such as pulling himself up in the bed, uh, feeding himself, opening things, uh, things we don't even think about. Like, I remember one day we were sitting in there and he had a letter. He, you can't open a letter with one hand hardly. Or I'll be on the phone with him and he'll say, hold on, i got to take a drink and put the phone down because he only has one hand. It's just things we don't think about like that. So his paralyzed side is making his other side work a lot harder, if that makes sense to you. And since I witnessed it, it made one part of this really stick out. It says, one paralyzed leg forces the rest of the body to work twice as hard to make up for that leg's inactivity. And as I said, this is stuff I've actually seen with my dad, so it's more than just words on here. I have actually got to witness that from the physical standpoint of, like I said, he only has one side to work with. But it also has a very spiritual meaning, too. Every Christian has a part to fulfill in the church, right? Everybody has something that they're supposed to do. Everybody has your unique gift or ability. And if it's not fulfilled, other people in the church have to step up and do the work that you're not doing. So that's one of the points is everybody needs to step up and do the work that you're called to do in the church. Because if you're not, it's, helping, it's hurting the rest of the church. You know, you're here to bring your gifts and abilities to bless other people and to bless and honor God. And sometimes people don't fulfill their part because they don't feel like they have anything to contribute. But that's not true. I've talked to a lot of people through the years who say, well, I don't do anything because I'm not good at anything. Anybody ever heard that? Or anybody ever thought of that? Yeah, but that's not true. This quote says that this doesn't mean we will all function in exactly the same way, but it does mean we all have a responsibility. Just think about that. How exciting is that, that God loves each one of us so much that he wants us to be involved in his church. Isn't that pretty cool? He didn't just put us in the church and say, all right, I'm done with you, do what you want to do. He put us in the church to do what he's calling us to do, which is use our abilities and our gifts. Notice it says we won't function in the same way. That's a pretty cool point right there. Because there's a lot of people that start doing something and somebody else looks at what they're doing and say, that's pretty cool, I want to do that. And then if they try to do it and they can't do it, they get aggravated. I know I've done that before. I see people doing stuff, and I'm like, I want to do that too, and I try it and fail miserably. But this quote is really cool because it says, not everybody has the same gift, basically. Not everybody can do the same thing. Just because you can do something great don't mean that I can. And just because I do something great don't mean that you can. I probably can't do many things great, so that's not a big disappointment for you. But... Um, just because somebody has a certain gift does not mean that you have that gift too, even though we may want it. You know, we only have one daughter. 
Kylie there. Last time y'all seen her in church here, she was like half that size. Of course, she ain't really grown much taller, so she may have been like a quarter or three-fourths. I don't know. I'm not good at math. But we only have one daughter. If you had more than one kid, I bet you they're always going to want what the other ones want, don't they? Probably so. Anybody with more than one kid can say amen to that. That's just in our nature. Uh, the worship team did an awesome job up there today, didn't they? Did y'all see me up here singing? Did y'all hear me in the front singing? Uh, that's, huh? Yeah, so low you can't hear me. But I would tell you they have the gift of music, and I promise you I don't. And I'm not going to try to scare you trying to sing. You don't want me to be on stage up here because if I was up here trying to sing, y'all would probably be coming up with all kinds of excuses to go home and get out of here. You'd have to like replace the roof or something and don't even have a house or something. I don't know. But y'all would be coming up with all kinds of excuses to get out of here. I had an older friend that passed away. It's been a couple years now. Some of you in here may, have, may not know him, but his name was Skipper Riley. And we were sitting at church one day, we were talking about different things, and we got on to the topic of spiritual gifts. He said, you know, I know exactly what my spiritual gift is. I said, do you? I said, that's great. He said, I know what it is 100% because I'm the best in the world at it. And I said, that is awesome. What is it? He said, my spiritual gift is to irritate people and make people miserable. <laughs> if you knew Skipper, he did a great job of it. He was an awesome guy, but he could get on your last nerve. Just a little side note, we did a little play there at Christmas one time, and he had this huge spotlight. It looked like a, I don't know, light off a tugboat or something. And instead of pointing it at stage, he had it in Kayla's eyes the entire time. And then another time, he was sitting about four rows behind her and took his pen and just flanged it at her head. And it's like, sorry. That was just Skipper, though. So anyway, let's look at the last line in the quote, which is really what I want to spend the time on. And it says that God made you... To be exactly who you are, and His Spirit has empowered you with unique spiritual abilities or gifts. Now, I could really just stop preaching right now, walk off stage and wrap it up, and that would be a whole sermon right there in that one quote. That is awesome. But uh, there's a whole lot more to it. You're not a mistake. You realize that? A lot of people have said, you know, well, I'm just a mistake. Even if you wasn't planned... Even if you think you're a mistake or been called a mistake, you were planned by God. And you're not a mistake because God don't make mistakes, right? God knew you before you were ever even in the womb. Isn't that cool? Before you were ever born, before the world even began, God knew, I'm going to create this person being you. He made you and gave you the exact abilities for you to become exactly who you, He wants you to be. Not just who we want to be. And then I look at my own life and I think God must have a huge sense of humor when he created me. If he don't make mistakes, he must have done it as a joke. Because <laughs> he may have bit off way more than he can chew when he gave me life. But God made you exactly who, you wanna, who he wants you to be. That's like one of the most awesome quotes that I can think of. Because you're not an accident. You're exactly who he wants you to be. And he's given you exactly what gifts and abilities that he wants you to have. So if anybody ever says anything negative about you, anybody ever said some negative stuff about you? Probably. They said a lot about me. But if they ever do, you just tell them my worth is not determined by what you think about me. My worth is determined by what God says about me. And I'm created in his image, and I am what I'm supposed to be. 
That's because God has that power in your life. And not only are we exactly who we're supposed to be, God empowers us to be who we're supposed to be. He didn't just put us here and say, all right, I want you to be something special. I'm done with you. Go figure it out. He empowers us to do it. He empowers us with all kinds of different resources so we can fulfill it. He created you, and he gives us the ability to become what he wants us to be. The same slide here says that his spirit empowers us with unique spiritual abilities or gifts. It's not just us wanting to do something. It's his spirit. Think about that. Jesus himself lives on the inside of you. You know, and the Bible says that he will, we will do greater works than he did. So why is it that we get so scared about stuff and to step out in faith and do things when the king of kings is actually living inside of us? And the word empowered actually means to give official authority or legal power to. The Holy Spirit gives us his official authority and his power to use the spiritual gifts and abilities that God gave us. The Holy Spirit is the one that enables us to do that. It is his, his gifts that enable us to live the life that we're supposed to live. God has a dream for you. God has a purpose for you. And he equipped you with certain gifts so you, accomplish, so you can accomplish your, your purpose. Hopefully that's making y'all get excited and y'all going to jump up and run around the pews in a minute. Uh, some people say they don't have any gifts, but that's not what scripture says at all. You know, I've talked to a lot of people through the years say, well, I just don't have any gifts. I'm not good at anything, but that's not true. And I'm just going to read you two scriptures here. They're not on your screen or anything if you want to write them down. The first one is 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It says, all gifts are the work of the one in the same spirit. He gives to them each one just as he determines. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. So if you believe scripture is true, and we all believe it is, correct? Then everybody has at least one spiritual gift. Even if you don't think that you do, you do. You just have to figure it out. So it would make sense. The next question is, well, how do I figure out what my spiritual gifts are? good news is I have some questions that will help you to do that. Um, hopefully you'll write these questions down on the back of your paper and hopefully after this you'll take them home and actually sit down and think about these questions and put answers to them because that's really going to help you through your whole Christian life. And the first question is what do you have a passion to do? Most of the time God's going to match your passion with something you like to do. Not all the time. Sometimes he'll call you to do something that's completely out of your comfort zone, like start preaching. But usually your gifts will match your passion at least to some degree. And like I was talking about earlier, none of my gifts are music whatsoever. I don't sing. I can't play an instrument. I can barely listen to music correct. But I couldn't carry a tune in a dump truck with a bulldozer on it. And I, I just have no passion to sing whatsoever, but I'm glad that other people do because I do get blessed by that. But that's one indication that music is not one of my spiritual gifts. It's just not. So I encourage you to find stuff you're good at, something you enjoy doing, something you have a passion to do, and that may be one of your spiritual gifts. And your gifts may not always be what you're passionate about first. You know, like I said, preaching I never thought I would be doing this in seven million years. I never figured that's what I would be doing. And at first I was like, I don't think so, God. That's not going to happen. But 
here I am. Uh, I never thought I'd be doing it, but I am. And sometimes your gifts grow over time. Again, kind of like preaching. I didn't just wake up after I decided to do it and say, all right, I'm a preacher now. I'm, you know, there's a whole process. Your gifts continue to grow over time. Sometimes your gifts are there the whole time, but God's got to bring them out of you. There's a lot of things within us that we don't really know we're even good at until God starts pulling them out of us. And sometimes, like I said, God will call you to do things that you're not really comfortable doing. But I think more times than not, your gifts will be tied to what you enjoy doing, what you have passion to do. And number two, second question to consider is what do you have a burden for? Now, those are two different things, a passion and a burden. They're two different words. You know, a passion is something you enjoy doing. I enjoy eating. You can look at me and see that, and you're like, yeah, you do. But a passion is something that you enjoy doing. It's just something that you like. There's nothing else really to it. It's just something you enjoy. But a burden is something that you have a deep emotional feeling to change about something. You know, I have a, a burden to help people grow closer to God. You know, I got a burden to encourage people to follow Jesus instead of living like the world. That's not just a passion. I don't want to just do it. I have the burden to do it, meaning I really feel the need to do it. You know, I really feel the uh, emotional side of that, knowing that a lot of people's lives depend on what I can say and what I can do to people. I'm not saying I'm awesome or anything like that. But you get the point there. But some people have a burden to do many other things. Some people have a burden to help the homeless. You know, I know this church does a whole lot of stuff with Grace Place. Uh, some people have a burden to help widows. Some people have a burden to help the elderly or special needs. Some people, you know, like Carvin when they're here, they have a burden to bring the Word of God to people who never hear it. And matter of fact, this is a church that actually sent me on the first mission trip to Guatemala. So that's awesome. Got a lot of first here. The list could go on and on and on, but the truth is, what do you have a burden for? Everybody has a unique burden that is unique to them. Take a look at your own life. You know, what have you looked at and said, I really need to change that? That's what your burdens are right there. What is the thing that you look at? Probably in the church, it doesn't have to be in the church, but you just say, what is it I really need to change? That's something that your spiritual gift could be. Isn't it amazing that God calls us to be active in his church? And number three, third question to consider is what needs do you see in the church? That's a, that's a good one right there. Not only can your gifts involve passions and burdens, but what other needs do you see? You know, I know there's a lot of needs that have been fulfilled by people in churches all over the world and started because somebody saw a need and they took the initiative to step up and do something. You know, there's been a lot of Sunday schools started because somebody said, well, there's a need and I need to do that. You know, there's been, uh, I don't know, men's groups, women's groups, special topic classes, and again, the list could go on and on and on, but it's because somebody saw a need in the church and they stepped up and said, I'm going to teach that. I'm going to make a change in that. And that's, that's a gift. You know, that's not something you just wake up one day and decide, hey, I'm going to do that. That's a gift. And you have the ability to do that because God put that in us. These gifts are great. And the cool thing about that is you can use these gifts to bless other people. That's not just a gift that's going to bless you. It's going to be a blessing to a whole lot of other people. There's so many things that people do in the church that nobody knows about that would only be seen if they quit doing it. Does that make sense to you? 
kind of like I said earlier, Nick gave me this uh, iPad to change the slides and everything. To a lot of people, that don't mean anything, but that's work that he had to do over the weekend. And that's something that without me doing it, he would have to follow along and do it at the right time. It's just little things like that. There's so many other little things in the church that if you didn't do, nobody, people wouldn't notice until they quit getting done. And that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they are any less. Sometimes a lot of those that don't get seen are bigger than the things that do get seen. Some people have the gift to find the need in the church and take charge and step up and start creating whatever it is that needs to be created. And the reason they can do that is God gave you the ability to do it. He gave you the spiritual gift to do it. And he also empowered you to do it. He didn't just say do it. He said, my spirit's going to help you to do it. The fourth question to ask is, what have others encouraged you to do? That's a, that's a good one. A lot of times people encourage me to shut up. So maybe that's something I should practice more. But one of the reasons I chose to become a pastor and go through the whole ordination process and everything, other than I believe I'm called to it, is people encourage me to do it. You know, they, they encourage me to do it. They encourage me to pursue it. And I'm like, I don't think so. And they're like, yeah, go do it. So, you know, after a lot of convincing and searching and prayer and all that, I was like, well, I guess that's a pretty cool thing. I'm going to go do it. So sometimes to find our spiritual gifts, we just need to listen to encouragement from other people. And I think a lot of times we just kind of dismiss that. But their encouragement could be God speaking through them to say, hey, this is what your gift is. This is where I'm calling you. And sometimes to help others find their gifts, we're supposed to be the ones to encourage other people. And that's one that we forget a lot of times, too. You know, there's a lot of times that we could encourage people, and instead of doing it, we just sit back and get lazy and play, well, they'll be okay. But we don't need to do that. We need to be the ones encouraging other people, because that encouragement may be the thing that helps them find their gift. You know, start paying attention to what people ask you to do. Start paying attention to what people ask you to help do. Start paying attention to what people say you're good at, even if you don't think you're good at it. And that's a good point. Just because you don't think you're good at something doesn't mean you're not. Other people can see things that you don't see. So if people keep telling you you're good at something, well, chances are you're probably pretty good at it. Chances are that's God saying something, that's one of your gifts, you should use this to my benefit. And these are just four questions here. They're pretty simple questions, but they have a whole lot of depth to them. You really need to take these and write down answers to these later. I really encourage you to do that because these are things that can really change the whole life of your, the church. If everybody answered these questions and everybody actually put this to use, think of what we could do in the church. Think of how many people we could touch. Think of the things we could start doing and think of how close we could grow to God and grow other people to God. And I just want to make two more points, and I'll be quiet. The first point is God wants you to develop your gifts to better equip you. He's not done with you. you know, like I said, he didn't just give you gifts and say, all right, you're done. You do what you want to with it. No, nope. he didn't say figure it out. He said, I'm with you, and my Holy Spirit will empower you to do what I'm calling you to do. After you discover your gift, the Holy Spirit's going to help you perfect it. Isn't that awesome that we don't have to do it on our own, that the Holy Spirit is going to work through us to perfect our gifts? Uh, where are Marlon at? I know I saw you just a second ago. There you are. 
When you first started doing trees and stuff, did you, do you know more now than you did back then? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Charlotte's like, he don't know anything. Don't ask him. All right, we'll go to somebody else. <laughs> Vicky, when you start, do, Vicky, do you know more about teaching and children than when you first started? Absolutely. <laughs> Kelly, you probably know more about medicine than when you went to school, right? Yeah. Eh, okay, don't get her as your nurse. <clears throat> Huh? Hey, that's a plus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not necessarily the answer I was going for, but it'll work. So anyway, the course answer is yes. All of you know way more about it now than you did at first. And that's because you found your gift, whether it be uh, landscaping and trees or children or nursing, whatever it is. You found that gift, but then you kept going and you perfected it through schooling and through a whole lot of other things maybe. But the picture I want you to see here and understand exactly what the Holy Spirit will do in our lives spiritually is to teach you to use the gifts just like your schooling or your experience gave you in your different fields to use what you, what you went to school for. Does that make sense to you? The Holy Spirit is going to empower you to do what He's calling you to do and years down the line, that experience is going to build up, and you'll look back and say, I'm so much further now than where I was when I first started. He gives us gifts, and he teaches us to use them. And this is the cool part. Not to the best of our ability, but to the best of his ability. Everybody should be screaming amen on that one, because we don't have to rely on ourselves. We are using our gifts to the best of his ability. And the second point here is use your gifts. If you figure out what they are, and you perfect them, and you do nothing with them, they're pointless. Uh, if Marlon knew everything about trees and stuff, and he walked out there and he said, I'm not going to do nothing today. Or Vicki walked into her classroom and just sat down, I'm not teaching. I'm sure she probably felt like that before. Or <laughs> if Kelly walked in and said, I'm not saving this patient today. All of what you've done would be useless. And the same thing is true with our spiritual gifts and abilities. If we discover them and if we perfect them but if we don't use them there's no point in doing the whole first two steps if we don't use them we completely miss the whole point it wouldn't have done you any good to learn your trade if you're not going to use it and it's not going to do us any good to you discover our gifts and perfect them if we're not going to use them to bless other people and to bring glory to god he didn't give us spiritual gifts and help us perfect them just to keep it to ourselves. He didn't give it to us just to say, all right, this is my gift, this is what I'm good at, but I'm not going to help anybody else. No, he gave it to us to share with the world and to help other people and to bring him glory. And it's kind of like building a house. You need electricians, plumbers, carpenters, and I don't know what else you need because I've never built a house. But nobody has the gift to do every one of them. It takes a whole team of people to build a house. And the same thing is true with church. It takes the whole team. It takes the whole church to make this work. You know, God didn't call us to do it alone. God called us to do it in a community with a whole church full of people. And when we come together, just like building a real house, we can build the house of God. And when Jesus ascended back to heaven, he left his followers on earth to spread the message across the globe. And the problem with that, I think, a lot of times is we look at that and we say, well, he did do that. He left his disciples and look at what they did. But where we mess up, we, realize, we forget to realize we're his disciples too. 
We're the same people that he left here to spread that message. We're part of that group. We're privileged and we get to be a blessing to other people because of God's gifts and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to continue that mission. That's what our purpose is, to continue the mission that Jesus started. That's pretty much the whole point of the Bible. We're here to continue what Jesus started. And my hope today with this is what I preached about today gets you excited enough because you get to use the gifts and the abilities to go out into the world outside the church walls and you get to use these gifts and these abilities through the power of the Holy Spirit to bring light and to bring souls to Jesus in this lost world because all you got to do is look at the news today, right? And you see, there's no telling what you see. You look at the news and you don't even have to look at the news, just look outside when you go around, the, around town and you see that this is not the world that Jesus left us for. This is not what he intended it to be. That's why we're equipped to do these things and equipped to go through the world and help people. You know, a lot of people just go on, on their life and they see people that need help and nobody ever stops to help them. What if you've got that one gift that can help that person? Or what if you've got the gift that can bring that person to salvation and you just walk right past them? That's a pretty tough thought. That's what I always think about when we stand in front of Jesus. Is we're going to have to probably give account for every person we didn't help. That's going to be a pretty bad time. But are you going to use the gifts that God has given you through the Holy Spirit, or are we going to sit in our pews comfortably and only work with what's inside the church? You know, there are people in the, on the planet that are dying every day and going to hell because enough Christians are not stepping up and doing what they're called to do. That should be something that makes us horribly upset. Every day, hell is getting fuller because Christians are not using our gifts to bring people closer to God. And the last thing that I'm going to leave you with is this quote here. God made you who you are and his, in spirit, his spirit empowers you with spiritual gifts. So as the worship team comes back up, I'm just going to pray for you and I'm going to just pray a blessing over you. And if everybody would just bow your head. God, I thank you for using me to bring your word to your people. Lord, I thank you that each person in here today has the gifts that you placed in us before we were ever born, God. It is your spirit that empowers us to use these gifts for the good of others and for your glory. Lord, I pray that you will reveal the gifts that you have given to each person that can hear my voice today. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will set us on fire with a desire to use what you have placed within us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.